You're tuned in to the Lone Star Lowdown, your favorite sports podcast where we're talking professional, college, and fantasy sports with your host, Ty Henderson, Shay Holt, and Corey Guidry. And we're back with the long-awaited return of the Lone Star Lowdown. This is Shay Holt. I'm here with Ty Henderson and Corey Guidry. It is April 20th, 2023. This week's episode... We will be talking all about the NBA playoffs, the NFL draft, and recapping the Texas Longhorn Spring Game. But before we get started this evening, I'm going to throw it over to Ty to tell you all about our new recording studio. Yeah, man. So happy to be here. Uh, Our guy, Jamie Frazier, from uh, the High Ground with Colonel Craig Flowers on Saturdays, also the host of the Morty Unleashed podcast. the first podcast that was conceived in the studio that he built with his own hands here, uh, the Clifford Street Studios, actually, is what it's called. And uh, we're very, very happy and appreciative to be here. Uh, looks like there's a bright future ahead for us and all the other podcasts that we're probably going to be collaborating with and, you know, getting guests with here uh, at the Clifford Street Studios. So, but yeah, uh, we also have Cole Dixon, our new producer. Yeah, that's cool. So we're, we're a four-man crew now. Um, which I'm excited, you know, to get his insight on a few things. Uh, we'll get some. We'll get some. I know he's a fan of drops, you know, sound sound bits going into the show. So he'll definitely get some of those going here in the, the coming weeks. But yeah, I'm just excited to be back with you guys and uh, talking about some sports. Yeah, what a time to come back, right? In the midst of the NBA playoffs, we just had a Texas Longhorn spring game and got the NFL draft coming up next week. So. Yeah, let's let's excited to get into Start it. Start with some NBA. For yeah, sure. Yeah. First, and, first time ever. Oh, and um, you know, I I, I believe uh, the NBA playoffs were concluding right about the time we started this podcast. So we're probably coming up on our year anniversary. I think it's been a great year. Appreciate everybody for sticking with us and listening along. Um, you know, if you're a first time listener, remember to check us out on Instagram at the Lone Star Lowdown, uh, on Twitter at Lone Star LD. Check out all of our content on YouTube. We're about to have some really high tech video technology. A new here. logo. Oh yeah, well, our, our new logo just got a rebranding. Us. It was just, yeah. you know we had some time it took some time to reevaluate. Yeah, we weren't we weren't slacking. We were readjusting and coming back better. You know, reloading <laughs> and, and slacking maybe a little bit. But. Yeah, just a minor setback before the major comeback. Exactly. That's all it was. You can't exactly. come back, you know, without uh, a little break. So hell yeah, but hey guys, the first time in the history of the NBA, all three Texas teams not in the playoffs. My Mavs got fined for tanking at the end of the year. It's like well, I I understand giving the fine is just a slap on the wrist, but teams have been tanking for seasons straight, and how how are they not getting fined a million dollars? You know. Well, buddy, I mean, obviously the Portland Trailblazers did it, the Washington Wizards did it. Uh, there were several teams, you know, in contention for one of those now ten playoff seeds, and the playing tournament was good. The reason I feel like the Mavericks got the fine, and you know, the example made of them. Is because they had, um, you know, arguably um, the top best player three. in the NBA. Uh, top three, sure. Yeah, top three. I top mean, three. you know, maybe you're going to tell me Giannis is better. I don't, I don't, I don't, we don't need to discuss that right now. You have Giannis and um, Kyrie Irving, who I don't care what anybody says, he's a top 20 player in the NBA. You have two of the top 20 players in the NBA, and yet you, and a chance to get into the play in tournament and potentially play like the, what, the Lakers? And you sit those guys down. It was bad for the NBA. Uh, I understand why they did it because getting the lottery pick protected the tenth overall selection. Yeah, that's going to be better building. But this was a team that was in the Western Conference Finals last year. You got to think if you get into the playoffs, you have a chance. And they also went out and they got Christian Wood. And you know before. That- He's, you know, I was really excited. We warned about y'all about that. him, didn't we? Over yeah, here I, I'm having some flashbacks to some of the some of the episodes from early last year where I was very, very excited about Christian Wood, and it looks like he's not going to be re-signed. He will be on yet another team uh, next year. I mean, he's still he was still like an 18, 18 and nine guy, but it it doesn't seem like anyone likes him. That was the all. same issue he had in Houston. He can put the ball in the hole, but I mean, it's how like, big of an asshole is he? I mean, he must be just terrible. Doesn't play well with others. Like at all, every single stop he's had, 
no matter if there's superstars on the team or if he's the best player on the team, no, it seems like nobody likes him. I don't know if we want to get into this, but is Kyrie any chance he's coming back? I think or? he will, and I I think if you can put you know they they traded every defensive piece they had pretty much for him. I mean, their number one defensive player in Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, probably they're arguably, arguably their number one defensive guard and Spencer Dinwiddie um, for Kyrie, which, I mean, I see what you're trying to do there. You you were fourth in the West when you made the move, and you were just trying to trying to propel yourself and get yourself into that next level of contention with, like, the, the Golden States. Honestly, the Kings this year. Cole, Cole doesn't want, probably even want to talk about that at this point. Down 2-0. We'll, yeah, no comment. We didn't yeah. mention Cole is a Cali boy. He's yeah, he's a, from San, San Francisco, Francisco, so yeah. we'll have to get after him just like uh, he, he works for Coke FM and Bob Cole seems, you know, if, if you know Bob Cole, you, you, you can assume that he doesn't like San Francisco. So let's just run it down really quick. You like the Warriors, the Niners, um, the, what, you like the Giants? Giants, yeah. Giants, and then uh, what is it, the San, San Jose Sharks? Sharks, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like it. I like having that dynamic in on the show. Yeah. Long-suffering Sharks fan. Into the mic, Cole. Sorry. I'm trying to multitask. No, for sure. Uh, Mr. White was a big San Jose Sharks uh, fan. Remember? Uh, Eighth grade uh, science science teacher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big big San Jose Sharks fan. He was a good teacher. Yeah. We need to send Mr. White the podcast. He'd he'd probably listen. And now that he's got a shout-out, I mean, come on (laughs) Mr. White's a legend. But anyways, yeah, back to the Mavericks. Um I, I I think Kyrie will be back next year. Hopefully, I don't think anyone's gonna, you know, pursue him super hard. Um, even maybe the Lakers, just knowing how desperate they are every offseason to to put someone else besides Anthony Davis next to LeBron James. Um, but yeah, I mean, get a few, get a, get another wing that can guard and and shoot threes, and and get a center that's not Dwight Powell. And I think with Luka Doncic, you should be a contender every single season. Yeah, and we'll talk more about the Mavericks coming in next year. We've got a full NBA slate here. If we wanted to touch on the Rockets, hey, if they don't get the first overall pick, NBA's just cheating them. We deserved it the last couple years. And you know what? I don't even care about the Wimbayama guy. I'll take the shooter from Alabama. Fuck it. Double entendre when you talk about shooter there, you know. He's a shooter. Anyway, uh, yeah. um, and but, Spurs for yeah. all these Spurs fans, no one watched y'all all year. Y'all, y'all have an equal I went shot. To a at, game. Y'all have an equal shot at getting them. Is like so. It's the top, the bottom three teams all have a uh, what the equal. Hey, hey, Wimbayama, number one pick. Wimbayama better like tacos. That's all we got to say. So check it out, Lakers, Grizzlies. What do y'all think about that series? What is it? One one. It's 1-1. John Morant was out for game two. Uh, no Steven Adams for either of the games. No Brandon Clark as well. So the front line for the Grizzlies is decimated at this point. The The fact that they were able to, to pull out a win in game two was huge. I will say they were part of a five-leg parlay that I did hit last night. Um, props to me. 17-unit play. Thank you very much. Hit me up on Twitter for picks. But you know, I'm, I'm joking, by the way. But, yes, hit me up on Twitter. Um I, I, I mean, I went into the series thinking with John Morant, Memphis would definitely be able to pull out pull out this this series probably in six games. But without him, I, I realized that an emotional game two win. But LeBron James is still the second best player in NBA history, in my opinion. And Dylan Brooks did just talk a bunch of shit to him, which is only going to piss him off and and probably make him go win the series by himself. So I was watching the Lakers in the play-in, and, uh, man, the rest totally controlled a game between them and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like, like just every play, especially down the stretch, calling a flag and throwing the game. Either way, I felt like the NBA really wanted and needed the Lakers to get out of the play-in this year, and I think they love having LeBron play a young superstar like John Morant. And, um, you know, I don't know if they can make it out of this series, but if they can, can the Lakers make a run at it? I don't know. I mean, I'm looking here, and I'm seeing Anthony Davis playing 38 minutes but 13 points. Like, where is he at? Is he not supposed to be? He's soft, Corey. I know. I've never been, you know, the biggest AD guy, but, you know, all these pundits, you know, these NBA pundits, um, you know, they're saying he's one of the elite guys in the league, and I'm just like, when I watch it, I just don't see the competitive nature of, like, even like someone like LeBron in his 20th year, damn near 40, playing 39 minutes. He's competing out there. I just don't feel like Anthony Davis is competing to that level. Like, Well, as a Cowboys fan, me and you both should understand what it's like to be a Lakers fan and have the media constantly talking about your team no matter if you're – Borderline the best, playoffs. The best team in the league or the worst team. You know, you, you have the most fans and probably the most the most eyes on you. So 
They, I mean, they, all this season they were talking about how bad the Lakers are in the past two weeks since they've made the playoffs, even though they are the seven seed. They're like, oh, can is this another – is it LeBron's year again? Like, can they make yeah, a run? Like, and it's like, I, no. Like, we've been watching this team all year. Austin Reeves is their third best player. No matter how good you try to make him on SportsCenter, it's still Austin Reeves, and he's he, he's, he's a role player. He's not a he, he's not going to take you and win you a championship. I got gotcha. you. So uh, let's run through some of these boring series really quick. Nuggets, Wolves, Nuggets all the way. Yeah, Nuggets yep. sweep. Bucks Heat. That's kind of an interesting one. Um, well, with the honest injury, right? Anti hero. Yeah. So we'll have to see what happens there. Yeah, um, I mean, the Bucks in Game Two took care of them uh, pretty handily without Giannis. Hey, Butler's got that winning spirit. Took his team to the finals uh, in the in the COVID year. This, this isn't the same Miami team as we've seen in year past, though. I, I think that Milwaukee four to one. How old is Mister Jimmy Buckets now? It's like thirty. Can we, getting up there. Can we get a can we get a confirmation on this? But I'm thinking thirty thirty to thirty one years old. I was gonna say thirty three, but that might be pushing nah, it. He's not that. Thirty three. Oh, damn, that boy, Corey. Uh, we got Celtics, Hawks, Celtics, everyone. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with the Celtics. They Celt- crushed them in game two. So. And game one. Cavs, Knicks, probably the most boring series. I don't know. Playoff. I mean, just, I just know. as far as prestige goes. Just as far as nobody gives a fuck, that game is always going to be put on at like 4 o'clock. Yeah, I mean, it, it's probably the most even series, though. And you got you got some star power there with Donovan, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Um, and Mobley. Darius Garland too. That that guard combo in Cleveland's really fun to watch. Um, you know, the Knicks go as Jalen Brunson goes. And Speaking J- about our podcast that we did about a year ago, we yeah. talked about Jalen Brunson. Yeah, and I was completely wrong on this guy. Like I was like, hey, you know, I mean, what, what do you want a six one? You know, shooting guard. He wasn't an all star. He wasn't an all star this year, but he played at an all star. He's level. a stud now. Um, he's playing at an all NBA level in in the first two games of this this playoff series. So. I do miss him. You saw you saw the Mavericks have to go after Kyrie Irving to some, try to replace him. You know, it, I, I miss him. And the Knicks, they he's their best player. So. It, I mean, it looks like it was a good move. A lot of people were clowning him for making that move, saying it was some daddy's ball going on with his dad. You Definitely. know, being on the staff. I mean, but. he's a dog, and he's got his Villanova teammate Josh Hart there. Who I mean, same guy, same just winning style of basketball with Tom Thibodeau as a coach, defensive minded coach. Um, I, I still think Cleveland wins that series in seven, though. Sixers Nets. What do y'all think about that? Nets making the playoffs in the East despite play, despite trading Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving this year. Uh, now they're playing the Sixers and they've yeah, they, got James Harden playing well. They got Embiid as an MVP finalist. Um, you know, y'all get y'all taking the Sixers like me. Yeah, I mean they're playing right now. It's sixty to fifty four in the third quarter. Uh, James Harden. I didn't realize he led the league in assists this year. Oh, James Harden's an excellent point guard. I, I know he's always been a great passer, but I, I thought someone else would have, you know, held held that title. As a Houston fan, I'm definitely rooting for the Sixers. I appreciate Harden and all those so you years still, you he still gave like us. Him. I do. I don't have any hard feelings. I mean, PJ Tucker too. I really appreciated in the moment. I, I had the presence of mind whenever you know the Rockets were Western Conference Finals bound about every year. I was I was able to appreciate that in the moment, knowing it wasn't going to last forever. So I'm definitely. Uh, a big Harden fan, even though sometimes he like whines a little bit and lays on the floor if he gets tapped in the face. But yeah, uh, I, I think I think Philly wins the series four one, uh, and Embiid wins the MVP. Yeah, you think they'll give it to him? Um, I'm thinking I think Jokic is going to get it again just because of his improved play and uh, yeah, you know, bias. But hey, uh, Suns Clips, Suns. I'm taking the Suns. I'm taking the Suns too. Yeah, no Paul George. All right. No, Paul George. The Clippers pulled off a, a miraculous game one win in Phoenix. Uh, Russell Westbrook shot three for thirteen, but had a game ceiling block on Devin Booker in the in the waning moments of the game. Um, I, I don't think you're going to get thirty eight points from Kawhi Leonard every night just based off of you know his injury history. And I'm, he, I mean, he is. He's he, so good. The board dude. man does get paid in the playoffs. Um, he is def- like to me. He's. He's right up there with some of the best players He's out in the for league. Game three. He is Kawhi. Okay. No way. Oh. Right knee sprain. <laughs> Golly. Yeah, See, well. It's that knee, man. That go. knee you. is just one of the most elusive parts of any human's body ever. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard's fucking knee. Suns <laughs> in five. What was it? His hip for a while? Yeah. I, I got Suns in six. All right, y'all. Uh, Kings Warriors. Last, last uh, one. This actually, you got to take it back. This is the best series by far. And Cole, we're going to have to get a little bit of your input on this, but I... Uh, game one, you know, 
how long has it been since the Kings have been in the playoffs? I want to say 16 years. Longest streak but in it's, sports. It's been a while, yes. Yeah. What was the longest streak in sports? And man, that... I don't know if y'all saw that any of the, the first two games, but it, it's a hell of it's a it's a, like a NBA Finals environment. It's the best atmosphere I've seen in the first round of the playoffs, like that I can ever remember. Like honestly, yeah. I mean, think about this: those motherfuckers up in Sacramento have been watching loser ass basketball for the last sixteen fucking years. Okay, not even been in the goddamn playoffs in the NBA. And watching Golden State a, win championships, watching the Lakers yes. win championships, watching the, even the Clippers be good. Yes, yes. Watching everybody else, especially the Warriors, which is about an hour and a half away from Sacramento, just rule the fucking roost. And now it's their time. Now it's their time. So I imagine there's some intensity. There are probably fights. You know, I'm sure that was one of the, I was, I'm sure that was the hottest ticket in Sacramento history. All right, and yeah, they haven't been good since pretty much, what, 2001? It's been a while, but I will say this. As far as matchup goes, Kings are fucking fast. They're quick. And the Warriors, I'm going to... Old. Yeah, exactly. They look to step off, and they're old. I get it. But matchup-wise, it's just not looking good. So, I mean, are the Kings going to walk into, uh, what is it, Oracle? No, it's Chase Center. Okay. They moved to Chase. Okay. Are they going to walk in there and what's been considered like one of the best home court advantages yeah, it, in the league? It yeah. is the best home court. Are they going to walk in there and, you know, well, they have every one? advantage. Yeah. Okay. So Mike was with us. Mike Brown was with us for what, six years. Uh, his, his staff knows the Warriors pretty well. If anyone's going to coach against the Warriors this well, it's going to be Mike Brown. Yeah. I still think, I think they went to, I, I don't think they win the series. I'm going to go with Sacramento on that. I think they won it in seven, but I think. I think Golden State wins these next two games, even tonight without Draymond, because uh, he got. I mean, how do you know, do we even want to touch on that? I mean, that's just some more Draymond Green bullshit in the playoffs. Draymond uh, Green acted up. Big surprise. Well, okay, so <laughs> so seeing what we saw with Embiid, is he going to get a one game then? No, because he's not Draymond. And Joe Dumars, the who's the, the head of uh, the, com- the officiating committee or whatever, said it had a lot to do with the fact that Draymond does this shit. Unbelievable. All the time. Hey, all right. Y'all. I love Draymond. Let's uh, let's wrap this NBA uh, section up. Unless we've hey, got any more things, I want. I think I want a finals prediction for yeah, everybody. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm going. Uh, first of all, I do think the Warriors will win this series against the Kings, but I'm taking Suns Bucks. Uh, I'll I'll let y'all know next week who I think is going to win that matchup. But I'm taking Suns Bucks. When does Giannis come back? He'll be back next game. Hopefully, mm. no I'm taking Philly. Damage. I'm taking Philly to come out Ooh, the East. Okay. Um, I got Joel winning the MVP. I mean, most points for a center per game since, like, Bob McAdoo in, like, 1974, I think it was. Um, Stud, I think James Harden's playing well if he could keep it together. So I'm going to I'm gonna pick them to come out the East, and then I'm going to pick the mm, – I'm going to pick the Suns. You know, I kind of want to go with the Kings, but I'm going to – you know, I'm going to try to be accurate. I did pick the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl uh, before the NFL season, so I want to keep my streak going. So Suns. Sixers in the finals. And I have Boston and Denver in the finals with Boston winning the championship. Cole, you got a pick? Boston Suns. Cool. All right, what do we got next, Shay? Next up, we're going to be talking a little NFL draft. It's right around the fucking corner, y'all. Um, so in this section, we're going to kind of break down what we think will happen, probably the you know, top five picks or so, and uh, look at uh, where all the Longhorns that are draft eligible might go. Um, you know, guys like Bijan, Roshan, Mora Ojimo and company. But um, the big news, I guess, from the NFL draft um, cycle this year was the uh, Chicago Bears trading the first overall pick to the Carolina Panthers for what most people think will be Bryce Young. Am I right? Yeah, it was C.J. Stroud for a while, but, I mean, if you look at the Vegas odds, um, Bryce Young sitting at about a minus 1,000, minus It was amazing. If whenever that trade happened, you could have got him for plus money. Oh, yeah. Stroud was, like, minus up 250. Until, up until, like, a week ago. Um, uh-huh. And now it's, I mean, C.J. Stroud even going number two to Houston is in doubt. I can, um, I, let me touch on that a little bit. Um, so it's funny because a lot of people kind of penciled in, you know, the Texans are going number two. They have Davis Mills. You know, what are you doing moving forward with Davis Mills as your quarterback? But they are, you know, they're going to take a long-term view to this rebuild with D'Amico Ryan's coming in. We know he's a defensive-minded guy. And a little nugget here is 
C.J. Stroud has the same agent as Deshaun Watson. Oh, yeah. And if you kind of look at how the Texans, you know, that situation played out with Deshaun and the Houston, they were not happy with how that played out. He signed the contract after they traded DeAndre Hopkins, takes the signing bonus, and then doesn't show up to play, basically. They weren't happy with all that. So are they going to want their new uh, franchise quarterback that they're starting off this rebuild with, with the same agent that kind of gave them trouble? Um, you know, so I think – Will Anderson and even Tyree Wilson, the edge out of uh, Texas Tech, is really in play at number two. What about a trade? I think that's possible. I think Tennessee is someone to look at there. I think uh, Indianapolis, if they really want Stroud, you know, because they even, even in the division, you think they let him? That's why I, yeah, I mean, I mean, ten, or, so the Indianapolis Colts said today that they're confident that they can get the quarterback they want at four. Right. I mean, um, which could be. A, It'd just be bullshit, which there's a lot of that. I mean, I think Arizona but. would love to back out. I think they would love to pick up a couple picks. Um, yeah, so if I mean, if 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 the Texans do take a Will Anderson or a Tyree Wilson at number two, the Arizona Cardinals' third pick is going to become worth a lot more uh, as a trade piece. Whether it's uh, Vegas, you know, I mean, coming up. Yeah, Vegas, Tennessee, like you said. Tennessee's hunting QBs big time. They visited with every top QB. Yeah, they Malik visited Willis, with Levis. They know Malik Willis is not isn't the guy. Um, Shay, what do you think? What do you think is going to go to? I mean, Brady, you're in agreement that Bryce Young is going to go first, right? Uh, it just all signs point to that. I, you know, have a problem taking a five ten guy. I've seen Bryce Young play in person live. I know he won the Heisman Trophy. I do think he's a great player. Um, I understand where the Panthers are in uh, their rebuild and reset, and just getting a guy, especially from Alabama. Would be big for them, big for the franchise. You know, Charlotte's not a huge market. Um, as far as C.J. Stroud goes, I think that the Colts will get him because, again, I'm a hometown boy kind of guy, and I just think that the kid from Ohio State going to Indianapolis is a, a short jaunt, and it'll have built-in, you know, jersey sales. That comes right down to that for me. Um, as far as the Texans are concerned, no idea what they'll do. Uh, I don't thought I, I didn't think Mills played that poorly. You know, obviously we get to see a lot of Texans games. Uh, he, living in Austin, Texas, um, they're on pretty much every week except when you know there's a better game and they just simply option them out. Um, you know, I know this Will Levis guy has got I'm a lot of fan. traction. Not not totally. I know that uh, Anthony Richardson. Uh, you know, he was early in the college football year. You know, talked about as a prodigy. Um, I, I can't say for sure. Uh, I, I think Levis I'd rather have than Richardson because he's a redshirt senior. He's developed. He's got size. But um, you know, I just I would never waste my top picks on on quarterbacks. I would take a guy like uh, Peter uh, Skaronsky. I think he's stud. I think he could be the, easily the best player in the draft. And you know, if there if these teams weren't so quarterback needy, could you know potentially be the number one overall pick. Uh, but that's just the way that I look at uh, positions and the draft in general. Um, uh, what do you think the Cowboys should do? The Cowboys, what are they sitting at? 26. Um, 26, yeah. 26, man. you got to see what's around. But, again, uh, offensive and defensive line, I don't think you can really go too wrong in the first round. Uh, I know end? they probably need a quarterback. Tight ends should never go in the first round. I've never seen a tight end go in the first round that worked out. It, it, they're ready, usually below average. They're going to do it. I can't think of one. I can't think of one. The only one that comes to mind that's decent is TJ Hawkinson and took Detroit. him four years. And he's not. And they is he even him. a top five tight end? Is he even a top five? Yeah, he's fringe. Debatable because there's only ever I mean, two or only, three tight ends worth a, of shit. Yeah. It depends all on your offense. Yeah. That's how tight ends go in the NFL. <laughs> it's just like taking a running back. Like, you know, I think Bijan Robinson will be a first round pick in fantasy football drafts, no matter where he fucking goes. He's definitely going in the first round in the NFL draft, too. Possibly so, but I still think no matter 100%. what, I still think no matter what, uh, the chances of him being the best running back to come out of this draft class as far as production goes, I'm not talking about talent, uh, the chances are about 20% that he ends up in the right situation to be the most productive dr- running back in this draft class. I'm giving him a 20% chance. That's a big fucking 
piece of the pie. I'd give him like a forty percent chance. Fair enough. I'm just I'm just saying. I'd 20. give Jameer Gibbs like a 20 percent chance. It's all about. I think he's. I mean, he might go in the first round too. And then if, good. it's all about how well you can block in the NFL. Like it doesn't matter how good you are. I mean, just take Najee Harris for an example. Dude averages less than four yards a carry on his career, and a lot of people think he's really good. Like he is good, but he's not an efficient player at all because they can't block. But I definitely agree with. I don't want a tight end, although I think that's the pick. If uh, I had to, if I had to bet on what the pick's going to be, it's going to be Michael Mayer tight end out of Notre Dame. Please God, um, no. I mean, that's Jake Ferguson's my god, my guy. I don't. I would much rather go corner, D end. Just get, I don't guard. I, I mean, you're talking tight end is the bottom three. Uh, when you look at the franchise tag, that pretty much put the valuation on the position. It takes the highest salaries at any position and averages them. That's how they come up with the franchise tag number. And tight end is the bottom three, along with running back and inside linebacker. I mean, unless you're guaranteeing me Travis Kelsey, which Michael Mayer is a good two, two-way two player in the sense he can block and he can you know, run routes and make something happen after the catch, but he's not an elite athlete by any means. I'd much rather go corner if someone like Deontay Banks from Maryland's there or any type of D lineman in that late. I'd even be willing to move back you know, if you could pick up an extra third, um, get back in the early second. Darnell Wright out of Tennessee – um, it's a tackle. I'd like to if he could get there to twenty six. I'd love to take him, move him into left guard. But, I think they're going to take the, the Avila kid out of TCU. Yeah, and um, I've seen that a lot too. A lot of people seem to see him as more of like a second round guy. But the thing is, when you're picking at the back end of the first, you're not gonna. He's not gonna make it to the back end of the second. Well, so if also, you want him, you got to take. It him. also doesn't matter what other people think because think about back to. So even like Travis Frederick, people said that he was like a third round pick, yeah. and he's nobody like, was happy. When yeah, no, I was, he was a great player. And then think about Ty- Tyler Smith last year. People were like, "What the hell?" Like this guy led the nation in, in holding calls, and and is so raw. Like what? Like nobody had him going in the first round, and he ended up being the, the probably the best offensive lineman in that class last year. I think at this point, Will McClay and the boys, no matter who they take, you're going to have to give them at least the benefit of the doubt. Unless it's know. Taco Charlton, of course. Yeah, that was terrible. That was a bad draft pick, but the Cowboys have done an excellent job drafting offensive line. And really, drafting in general, the last you you're, you're going to mess up. Like you're never every. There's going to be a bust in every single draft class. The Cowboys would be fucking terrible had they not just kept hitting on draft picks. <laughs> yeah, Even yeah. fucking Dak Prescott. It's yeah, because like, we never like, sign, never sign free agents ever. Like, yeah. This is the first offseason that, like, I mean, bringing in stuff. We we didn't mention it, but the Cowboys brought in Stephon Gilmore and traded for Brandon Cooks as well. I can't remember at the last offseason that they've had like two big acquisitions like that. That were either via trader. I mean, maybe like To or but that I was that free was agency. In, I think that was in season. Was it not? I'm pretty sure. It was Roy free. Williams. They they traded for Roy Williams. Yeah, they traded for Roy Williams. That season. didn't work out. And that was a first a wasted. First that was also the last Texas Longhorn wide receiver to go in the first round. Um, but yeah, fun fact. Um, it's probably like the only one. Right? Yep. Has there ever been another? <laughs> Let's be real. Anyway, uh, hey, uh, before we wrap up draft talk, um, any any opinions on the Longhorns? Uh, Bijan, or well, we kind of talked Bijan, but Roshan, uh, Morojimo, Keandre Coburn, Overshawn, Billingsley, Jameson. How many guys get drafted over under? Um, I'm not Three sh- and a half? I say four or five get drafted. Yeah. So over? Overshawn's okay. for sure getting drafted. You're going, uh, you're going Overshawn. Okay. Ojimo's definitely. I Four for sure. I think you. Coburn's either a, he's a day three or an undrafted free agent guy. I think he'll make a roster, though, just based off his size and the ability to stop the run. Uh, I agree with you. Overshawn's going to get drafted. Uh, I, I listened to an interview in person. Uh, Morojimo came on B&E last week. I think a team will draft that guy just based off his intelligence alone and his potential. I mean, he came to Texas uh, out of a, I forgot what, Houston High School when he was 16. Like, he's only 21 years old and he's played five years of college football. Uh, I think a teams will see a lot of potential in him. Um, Roshan, I can see, I see him as a day two pick for sure. Um, a lot of ties with the Buccaneers with Roshan. Yeah, so he visited, we had him on today, and he visited with the Buccaneers and the 49ers, the only teams he, he just got back from San Francisco. So I think that would be awesome to see him in that, and Kyle Shanahan's offense, um, even though he'd probably get, you know, sh- sent, sh- traded within half a season. I love Roshan Johnson, man. He's a he's just he's the epitome of a kind of guy, the right kind of guy. You know, he he's going to run down on kickoff. He's not going to complain. He's going to be a leader. 
Um, whoever gets him is going to be happy. But if I had to pick the order, I'm going to go Bijan is going to be the first Texas guy off the board. I'm going to go ahead and say Washington Commanders are going to take him 16 overall, my prediction. Hopefully I'm incorrect as a fan of the NFC East. I don't want to see him twice a year, but I think that that's very much in play. After yeah, the, no. And then I think I would like to see that too. Um, that's it's second, like second, 150. second Longhorn off the board, Roshan Johnson. Third is going to be Ojimo. Fourth is going to be um, Overshone. Fifth is going to be um, Keandre Coborn. And anybody after that, I think, is pretty much going to be a luxury at that point. But I think all five of those guys are very likely to get drafted, four for sure. Yeah, um, I realistically think that uh, both running backs and the two big guys up front, and probably Overshone as well. Sorry, uh, Deshaun Jameson, you really just weren't ever that good. Um, you might make a squad after the fact. Uh, as my prediction for B. John Robinson, I think he drops more than y'all guys are ready to accept. Uh, I got him going 30th to the Denver Broncos. I don't know if Dallas would pass on him. Not a chance. We'd, we'd I don't think they would. If, there. I, if they did that, what would you think about that pick, Shay? I mean, it depends on who else is there and who they take. No, if they take Bijan, if he falls. The Cowboys took Bijan? Yeah. Well, you know, um, Bijan Robinson sat out his bowl game, and that pissed me off. <laughs> I took that personally. Um Expect and uh, so you know, obviously the Texas Longhorn. I appreciate what he did. I think he was overhyped throughout his college career. I know he had a lot of potential, a lot of athletic ability. Uh, I even met him the other day. He was pretty at, good though, right? I mean, oh, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> I met him, he was decent. I met least. him the other day at fucking Seven Eleven, and you know, just one that seemed like a nice guy. Award, like, uh, yeah. oh yeah, totally a good, a good player, great athlete, pretty great player. But um, yeah, sitting at your bowl game for me doesn't sit too well. That's still um, that's, that's. We don't need still to talk about idea. it. We don't need to talk about it. What Roshan about Roshan? Did the same. He did the same, and I was going to tell y'all. I saw, I didn't meet him, but I walked right by him. I think at the Port Neches Groves uh, State Championship game. Yep. His alma so mater. I saw him both like man to man. Now Bijan, he was thicker than me. I was like significantly taller than him. Roshan's big, huh? Roshan Johnson's a fucking man. Yeah, dude, he's yeah, huge. a big boy. He's rated as number one power back. Two thirty, yeah. about. I mean, he's a. He's, he's at the combine. He was six two two sixteen. Remember how I gave Bijan twenty percent chance to be the best running back in the draft class? I'm giving Roshan probably ten percent of that pie. That's a lot. To me, Bijan's the best running back I've watched. Uh, in the last 10 years. I think he's better than Saquon. I think he's better than Zeke and Todd Gurley. I think well. we wasted a lot of that talent. I think if this I was... Agree. If I think this, Tom Herman is a dumbass and should have played him from day one and not had like a, a elite, like felt a need to satisfy fucking bums that were seniors like Kyle Porter and get them carries. Like, come on, Tom. If this was 2015, he'd be a top five pick, no doubt. It's just the NFL has changed. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and it's been. He changing. still could be. Hey, um, before we wrap up this NFL draft uh, portion of the podcast, uh, Ty, what are our plans for the draft? I think we're doing a Pluckers Live kind of. Yeah. Deal. So, um, if you don't know, I work for one hundred four nine The Horn in Austin. Uh, do the morning show with Bucky and Aaron, and so we're gonna have guys six all to the, ten a.m. six to ten, and uh, we're gonna have. All of the on-air talent at the Pluckers around the Austin, Texas area. I'll be at the Link location off 183, and I'll have the the guys come out and help me out and be emceeing. Um, it's a draft night. Spe- like we're giving out specials. Basically, you come, you pick it. There'll be 32 different tables that will pick a team, and then when your team is up, if you guess the player correctly that they're drafting, uh, you, the whole the whole restaurant gets a special. Fuck yeah! So come out. It'll we'll support get, the boy. We'll, we, we'll, I don't think we'll have any live content going out for that, but we'll definitely have some videos and stuff come out. After. It'll definitely be a good time. Ty will be there. I'll be there uh, doing some production. Uh, and hey, we might go bowling afterwards. So come on down. Definitely. So um, let's you know curtail off that uh, Texas Longhorn draft talk and go right into the spring game, which uh, was the big event. Uh, culminating in spring football practices this week. I attended. I'm not sure what y'all were up to. I got some great footage that we'll be releasing on Instagram and uh, Twitter very soon. Um, but, yeah, uh, jumping right into the 40-acre dash, thoughts on the spring game? Well, first I want to ask you, um, seeing the team in person is always different than on the screen. If you could describe them, like, and I'm talking intangibly, so, like, big, were they fast? Did it look like a fast team? Did it look like a big team, physical team? You know, and sort of those type of uh, 
intangibles, what did you see there? Oh, as far as um, all that goes, uh, I already will tell you I don't see a team on next year's schedule that should beat the Longhorns. And I, yeah, I know we're going to Alabama. Um, I thought the team looked great. Um, I thought if anything, the second team offense kind of got eaten up. Didn't really give guys like Arch Manning um, or Malik uh, enough time to throw the ball to really see what they had. The first team offense was loaded with all the talent. Second team basically had Savion Red, and that was it. And they fed him the fucking ball. But um, we didn't see a lot from Jonathan Brooks. I really like the physicality from our young running backs. I think Baxter will be a really good uh, ball carrier. Blue had had some great carries. Um, you know, just overall physicality. I thought they got after it, but obviously it's a spring game. You got guys out there in non-contact green jerseys, and you can't sack the quarterback. So, you know, not going full speed or showing too much um, of the offense, you know, as far as, like, scheme and formations go. Um, I thought it was a good spectacle. They did a much better job this year of producing the spring game. Well, they game. couldn't last year because they had only had, like, seven scholarship offensive linemen exactly. during the spring. and. Uh, I think you – I mean, I wish we had – next next week we'll have some start cuts from the spring game since we won't really have anything until then, um, Texas football-wise, to talk about. Um, where, I mean, he, he talks about how this team looks a lot more like his team. Uh, you know, a, a full three years or two years of his recruits. Uh, you still have some leftover guys like Tavondre Sweat and some other defensive – Alfred Collins, some guys that were Tom Herman-era guys. But, I mean, that – they're three years on the same defense coordinator, which we haven't had in a while. Um, I, I think this team's speed on offense, especially at the wide receiver position, is greater than we've had probably in the last 10 years, just based off of um, the, some of the additions we've had. I think A.D. Mitchell is a huge addition. I talked with Dylan Weber this week, who works uh, for Dog Post covering the Georgia Bulldogs in Atlanta. Uh, he said, I don't, I mean, I, y'all should have known before the spring game that this is probably one of the biggest ads that y'all got all offseason. Uh, we're going to miss him. He only came, he, he decided to transfer purely because he has a kid. He's from Texas. Missouri could, City. Could be closer to home. Um, it, it made sense for him. And, I mean, he's got a few years of eligibility left. But I could see, I could see him being a guy that performs so well, outperforms the Xavier Worthy, who we've talked about a million times, just being, having the dropsies. Shay's favorite uh, player. Yeah. Well, Worthy even had a really long reception, but then, like, stepped out of bounds. It's always something kind of weird going on. Yeah, him. but that's the thing. Last year, we tried to force-feed him the ball, and I don't think we'll have to do that this I year. think A.D. Mitchell's going to be the best receiver on the team since, I mean, Shipley in terms of college football, but in terms of NF, what the NFL sees since Roy Williams, who was the last – or maybe Lyman Swede, who's a second-round pick. I but. mean, I think he's probably there in, like, the Colin Johnson, little Jordan Humphrey impact. The, I think like, he's talent better. level, maybe a little bit better, but I think his court is – I mean, I love Sam Ellinger, great leader, did a lot of th- good things for Texas, but Quinn Ewers has so much more arm talent than Sam has. Um, I think we'll really see – I think we'll see these receivers shine because of that. But what sure. stood out to me from the spring game was just the absolute arsenal that they, that they have on offense. I mean, all the backs and all the receivers, I can't remember I mean, a time. Jonathan Brooks was hurt, so we didn't I can't, see any. I him. can't remember Same a time. Keelan Robinson. Yeah, I can't remember a time where it's just so deep in terms of talent. Um, Jontae Cook looked great to me. He caught a deep ball. His speed, I think he's going to – you know he's gonna really have his big breakout probably next year. Probably I think I don't know. I think he use him in spots. He could with force his, his speed. way on the field. You saw them use that. I mean, the first play of the game was that uh, little fake reverse they ran with him. He's special with the speed. Um, Shea saw him in the uh, state championship. He had some great plays there. Yeah. Um, but the running backs too. I mean, you're talking Savion Red now who. Sark mentioned on the broadcast kind of a Debo Samuel type role you could expect from them. You know, I mean, he was get, a quarterback in high school. Yeah, I mean, this they, guy's played all over the field. J- uh, was it Jalen Blue? Jalen Blue? Jaden Blue. Jaden Blue. Super elusive guy. 
Then you got Brooks, who's kind of Brooks and Baxter, who are more of the mix between speed and power. I mean, they just have so many guys, not to mention Keelan Robinson, who's a speed guy. I mean, they're just loaded with weapons, which is the type of team that I like to see. You know, I want to go up. It's the type of Sark offense, that, like the type of personnel that we saw with him at Alabama. Let's go score points. You know, that's that's what I'm about. Vertical. Let's go score points. Be ver- and, uh, get vertical. I agree with Shay. I mean, anything less than a Big 12 championship is an absolute disappointment this year. I agree. I mean, I go into every year expecting a national championship, but I'm disappointed in almost, pretty much every year. But uh, what did you all think about the defense? It looks like the DBs. Uh, I mean, you were missing a few guys, the injuries. You had a few guys in the – in the jer- the non-contact jerseys, but uh, guys like Anthony Hill, yep. freshman, uh, flying around the field, I liked what he had to see or what he was doing. Malik Muhammad, another freshman from South South Oak Cliff, uh, he was exploding downhill. I was, he missed a tackle that he I missed noticed. a few tackles, but I think that's weight room stuff. He's oh gotta, yeah, I mean he, you know, he's but, a he's a baby, but still. the intent is there. I mean, yeah. you'd love to see a corner, a, a, a longer, rangy corner like him, be willing to to step up and tackle. So you saw Ryan Watts lay a lick on uh, DeAndre Moore, who is I was really disappointed with him. He's a freshman too. Dropped a deep touchdown from Malik Murphy, who then on the next play threw a deep one to Jonte. Kind of set the hierarchy of the freshman receivers. Jonte definitely took a big well, step De- over DeAndre. DeAndre Moore had a good game beyond that drop, though. Yeah, he, he caught a lot of balls. Yeah. yeah. I, I like I liked him but a lot. But as far as defense, Byron Murphy, D tackle, a lot of chirping around. Like, dude, this dude's been dominating spring practice. Like, he's gonna step up and be that next, you know, Ojimo Coburn dude up the middle. Um, yeah, you got a lot of experience on the D line, and I, I would have liked to see the the you know projected starting four together, which you know they split them up. Um, they, they split the de- the defensive guys up pretty pretty evenly between the two teams. So you saw a lot of mix between ones, twos, and threes even. Um, you saw but, Hill coming off the edge a lot, whereas yeah, you know, yeah. him and Jalen Ford, Ford in the middle, Hill off the edge, that's a I, nasty combo. I think you'll combo. kind of see Hill, and I mean, I'm not saying he's this good. He could be this good, but kind of in a Micah Parsons. We'll see what the Cowboys do with Micah Parsons last year, where yep. if, it, hey, this guy might not be an edge, but he might be one of our best ed, edge rushers. So in certain positions, we're going to, yeah, we will probably will see him in a two technique coming off the edge, and he probably will produce from that position. Yep. Yeah, a couple guys y'all didn't mention. Uh, David Benda had a good game. Yeah. They were calling his name left and right. Eight tackles, a sack, a tackle for a loss. And uh, B.J. Allen, eight total tackles. Uh, Safety. Yep. Those dudes just, you know, they got to the football. They made plays. Um, it's hard to watch uh, the defense live at a spring game when you're focusing so much on two offenses. Um, so I need to really go back and re-review who, um, you know, what I liked about the defense, but yeah, the offense looked ahead of them. I'm not going to lie. Outside of uh, getting to the backup quarterbacks consistently, the backup O line unit might need some work, but you know, um, it's hard to have. There was a lot of O line. I mean, like they that. were missing Connor Robertson. Uh, DJ Campbell was also out, and then I've Devondre. Campbell or right. Devon was, Campbell. Devon, there was three. One of the offensive linemen got nicked up during the game, and there was two out going in. So the depth really wasn't there, and that's probably the biggest like gap in talent that you see in college football. It's yep, like from definitely. like a really good offensive lineman, and then the next level is like it's hard to find those guys. Oh, below that. Yeah, um, a big spot um, is the left corner, right? So Ryan Watts is. Pretty much slated to be starting there, and I'm super cool with that. But the left corner, it's like with the departure of Jameson, I saw Terrence Brooks out there a lot. I mean, I think the freshmen are going to get a look, but I think it's probably going to be Terrence Brooks to start off unless he uh, – Yeah, know, or, or the Gavin Holmes, the Wake Forest transfer. Um, Not the guy who Jonte Cook roasted on that touchdown. No, we they, don't need him out the there. The guy that Jonte Cook roasted is a walk-on. Yeah, So okay. it, it, there's a reason – like. That's the thing about the spring game is it like don't everything we're saying right now put like a grain of salt into yep. it you know because the this, receivers always look great in the spring yeah, game and, and this team is going to look a lot different week one against what was it Wyoming I think or Rice one of the two but it's such a soft the, schedule the, compared the, the transfer portal just opened we saw we got a um, his name, we got a defensive tackle from Minnesota yesterday his name is uh, Trill. Trill Williams I'm or something in. like that. I'm in. But he was a second team all Big Twelve defensive tackle. Um I mean I, I think we'll see Big a, Ten? Yeah, for Minnesota. We'll okay. see we'll see some attrition. I think definitely I think we're not it's one, one or two of these guys in the running back room probably gonna transfer. Um I'd expect Jaden Alexa, 
he entered the transfer portal on Saturday, the day of the spring game. But supposedly, he's been such a good teammate that they got him some reps at the end of the game. After Sark, the week before, said in a press conference that if you enter the portal, you're dead. See ya. Yeah. Like, you're, yeah, basically, you're dead to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Malik, we didn't really talk about it much, but Malik Murphy, he, he was a main topic of conversation after the game. Uh, nobody was really talking about going in because we haven't seen that much. He didn't have a spring last year. Um, so, this was his first real. You know, I mean, he had showcase all, for yeah, he, he, was, he was hurt uh, a lot, and they supposedly they reworked his throwing motion this offseason. And yeah, you saw the, you saw some throw power. You saw him stepping into that one where it was like a 15 yard in, but him stepping up in the pocket, yeah. getting like he would have taken the hit if he was if it was live and just rocketing it in, in there. I mean, that was cool to see. I mean, it, it really does. I mean, so Chris Bennett. Shout out CB. He's a the historian. He for the for Texas football. A great tw- uh, follow on Twitter. He pointed out in the past twenty seasons, seventeen of of those seasons that we've needed a backup quarterback yep. for at least one game. So expect to see Malik Murphy. It's going to be him. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, art like everybody. If he, that's the thing with all the, these national pundits and all these writers around around the country that aren't you so, know focusing on like Texas football Texas. are like, oh, like Archmany had such a terrible spring game. Like, what the hell? It's like, yeah, everyone around here is known. Like, he's known. He's gonna redshirt this year. He might get some some garbage time in one of these Rice or Wyoming games, but. Don't expect anything this year, maybe even next year from it. But also, if you watch the game, it wasn't the box score looks way worse than. Oh if yeah, you no. actually, like watch the game, dude. Don't just look at the box score and go five for thirteen. It's he like, was running on every play. They gave him no protection. He didn't and that, and he didn't even come out for the first series. Uh, I believe it was Malik, then Arch, then Malik. Like two more series for that Orange team before that he brought back. He brought him back out there. Had no talent. Had no offensive line. I'm happy that he performed poorly in the spring game because it will dampen down any sort of, oh, we're just waiting for Arch to get in here. It's like, nah, motherfucker. We're waiting for this fucking year to start. I want to win now. I don't give a shit what happens next year. And what do you what do you think about Quinn Ewers? I mean, he, he looked all right. He looked more in command. Uh, he got rid of the mullet, got rid of the beard. He looked all right, but they still uh, – the problem I have with Texas Longhorn offense is they threw the ball way too much on first down. Yeah. And uh, I'm just like, man, you got these downhill runners. Fucking run the ball on first down. Let's get that play action working. Nope. Yeah, exactly. Because that's like – I mean, these receivers with their speed and Quinn, Quinn Ewers' arm talent, they're probably – I mean, they want to be in play action situations. They want to they want to have that defense guessing that they're going to be running the ball. I do kind of worry about Sar getting a little – a little pass happy with all the weapons. Well, he loves he loves dropping them bombs. But I do him. like Sark, and uh, I am confident in his offense. But I just wonder how many programs around the country, you know, it's illegal to tamper in college football, but we all know people do it. I wonder how many sort of uh, NIL agents got on the phone to say, hey, Malik Murphy, um, we got this NIL deal for you to come over and play for us. You know, I'm sure there was a lot of that going on, so... Shout out to uh, Sark if he can get these guys to really buy in. And uh, he has a track record of putting guys in the league. So you don't need to play, um, you know, as much as, you know, we would love to draft a quarterback in the first round with multiple years of experience. The reality is people are getting drafted after one year. So, you know, I think it's a good move for Malik to stay. And as far as Arch goes and all the criticism, it's like watch the game, man, really. Watch the game. It wasn't as bad. He made a couple of very solid throws. He threw the ball away when it was the right decision. He had a drop, and Shea was right. He had no time. So. And he took off when it when when he had to. He took off. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Well, y'all got anything else on the on the spring game? No, I'm good on the spring game. Corey, you? I'm good. Uh, I think. Uh, you know, I know you guys always have super high expectations. I'm more of a pessimist uh, with my favorite teams, but I tell you right now, out of the last five years, this is the, in my opinion, the highest expectations I've had for a team. I think they're the most talented that I've seen in a very long time, and I expect them to perform that way. And if not, get ready for Longhorns fans to, you know, burn Bevo Boulevard down. So yeah. Um, so just real quick shout out. Um, you know. Major League Baseball did start a few weeks ago, I think on April 1st, some, somewhere around then. Uh, you know, Strohs and Rangers both uh, looking good. Uh-oh. Rangers looking real good. 
Um, First place, baby. I don't Let's ride. I you know I don't even know that we have time to really go into it. I no, think we'll, in our future we'll, podcast we'll talk a lot more professional baseball. I think by next week we'll have a better idea of. I mean, there's already been some injuries on both sides with Corey Seager going down with a hamstring injury, being on the 15 DL for the 15 day DL for the Rangers, and Altuve not even playing a game yet, and some other guys like McCormick being out as well. So long year, we'll yeah, get it sorted out. Definitely. We're gonna be bringing y'all content on some baseball all season. Fuck yeah. yeah. And, and Texas uh, baseball, too. And, hey, just Texas baseball. Um, got a shout-out. We're playing uh, OU this weekend. Texas baseball is looking good. We're a little lacking on relief pitching, but, boy, do we have some hitters. And um, this week, this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we've got uh, uh, Oklahoma coming to town. Saturday, 2.30, they're going to be honoring and retiring Taylor Youngman's number. Uh, should be a good little ceremony there. Should be a packed house. I'll be out there in the, in left center field. LC Hill, shout out. Um, and just, yeah, um, Texas Longhorn Baseball rolling right along. Um, we'll be keeping you up with them as well in the coming weeks. And once again, uh, we will be recording every Thursday night. Um, so expect the audio to be out by midnight or the next morning on Fridays. Um, Video podcast out Friday morning on YouTube. Sure, which is going to be huge. Look out for our tr- Twitter presence to be, um, you know, more prominent. I'm at Texas Guy Ty once again, Shay at Shay Holt 12. 23. 23 and Corey Gidry 11. Correct, yes. Um, and another another note, uh, next Thursday so maybe actually, like, what time's the draft? We might actually oh. have to record at a different date next week because Thursday we will be at the Pluckers location. Uh, maybe we can bring the equipment out there and do something during or before. I don't. I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe have something for y'all next week. Yeah, maybe it'll, it'll, sure. it'll be more Shay and Corey centric. Maybe I'll just go live on YouTube and react to the Dallas pick or something. Yeah, we'll figure something out. And yeah, and once again, Cole Dixon, our new producer, he had to head out early. You know. San, it's California. They can't hang. They're on Western time. They're on Western time. <laughs> but uh, thanks to him for coming. We look forward to hearing more about Shout his out Cole. fandom for all the West Coast teams uh, and his bring up in the sports world. Um, and but, hey, if y'all want to reach out to us, y'all want to you know do guest interviews, ask questions. Uh, we definitely we have a good list of some interviews that are going to be coming up. I think you know we we've had some interviews in the past, and we'll definitely get some of those those people back. I think Michael Taft's wanting to come on and talk before the football season again. And, you know, he's, he gives us a real, a real look inside the, the locker room, you know, knowing him, uh, knowing that family. So, uh, but yeah, sorry, Shay, I interrupted you. No, no, just saying that, yeah, we are encouraging fan engagement. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I think I know we have the capacity to do call-ins. We'd like all that stuff to go down in the near future. Uh, please reach out to us uh, either on Instagram, Twitter. You know, you can even uh, call me directly at 512-589-6022. I don't care. Ooh. We'll get you in. We want to hear from the fans. Um, yeah, this is the Lone Star Lowdown. Um, yeah, uh, Ty, Ty Henderson, Shea Holt, and Corey Guidry uh, bringing it back, and uh, we're going to be real consistent. So, Oh, hey, and one last thing. Shout out to the Clifford Street Studios and Jamie Dixon, or Jamie Dixon, TCU head coach, Jamie Frazier, uh, the Jamie Frazier from the high ground with the Colonel, and Morty Unleashed, uh, which will I don't think will be coming out for a few more weeks, but look out for that podcast on all platforms as well. Jamie's a goat. Yeah, so peace. Um, Love y'all and hook them. Hook them. This was a Lone Star Media production.